Hello and welcome to the Philanthropy Australia podcast. Today I'm joined by Philanthropia's Robin Charlwood. We're going to be talking about the international landscape for philanthropy, reflecting particularly on her recent trip to Europe and what she observed about why phil philanthropy is carried out, engaged with and deployed across um, several large European countries. Robin, hello. Hello, Nick. So Robin, tell me a little a bit about Philanthropia. Philanthropia is a strategic advisory business specialising in philanthropy and my um, business partner Teresa Zolnukovic and I set it up about oh, a bit over two and a half years ago and we've had fabulous um, fun and uh, I think success with our, with our new business and the mission of Philanthropia is to help philanthropists succeed and to help not-for-profits engage in a meaningful way with philanthropists. And uh, we just thought one of the interesting things for us to do is to look for some new ideas and some fresh and interesting comparisons uh, because we're very conscious that we're always asked about uh, Australia in relation to US philanthropy and we thought, well, there must be some other comparisons out there, so why not go to Europe and have a look? And uh, we were very keen to bring back our learnings, one for our philanthropy uh, network that we run and share with our philanthropy friends there, but also just to be able to share any useful insights that we uh, might uh, have with the philanthropy sector in Australia. So let's start in a very general sense. What would you draw uh, as a general observation about the difference between the European model of philanthropy and the one that we have in this country? Um, I think uh, very little really is known about European philanthropy in Australia and that was one of the reasons why um, along with my business partner Teresa Zolnerkovic and I we were keen to go and have a look um, at some European philanthropy uh, really to get a sort of a new and a fresh comparison point because in Australia we tend to look to the US philanthropy for our inspiration. Nick, I think the biggest um, difference we observed between um, Germany, Sweden and Poland, where we looked at um, philanthropy, is that these countries, particularly Germany and Sweden, tend to be far more globally and outwardly faced with their philanthropy than in comparison to Australia. And we, I suppose, in Australia tend to look at the American example as something that we could aspire to or even model our philanthropic activity on. Do you feel that there's probably more to either recommend or more in what you saw that is suitable to the Australian scene? I think um, in Australia we've traditionally looked at the US model of philanthropy and, and that's understandable. It's very bright and it's very shiny mm, and yeah. um, uh, by many measures very successful and certainly it's philanthropy that's um, spoken about a lot very well researched, analysed and a lot of um, publication about it. Whereas in Europe we saw that there is um, really the sector is not as developed as it is uh, as is the philanthropy sector in Australia or certainly in comparison to the US. So there isn't as much 
written about um, European philanthropy that we could find. And therefore, I think we in Australia have tended to look towards US philanthropy because it's more familiar and it's more accessible. It's philanthropy that's conducted in, um, in English. Uh, it's well, as I said, published, written about. Uh, and so I think that's why we've tended to look in that direction as opposed to the European direction. But there's certainly um, several things I think Australia can learn from European philanthropy. Before we get to those things that we can learn, what do you think has been the things that have been perhaps holding back the growth of philanthropy in those three European countries that you went to? Uh, I think they're at different stages of their development. So um, we chose to go to Germany and Sweden because they are two um, countries that were akin to Australia in terms of being both affluent countries um, and countries with a very good government um, safety net. And we chose Poland because it's a far less affluent country but has a very interesting history of philanthropy and also a very interesting community foundation type um, approach. Um, I think all philanthropy is developing well in those three nations. In Germany, it's quite, um, quite well established. There's a very long history of uh, philanthropy, particularly through family foundations, and there's quite a vibrant um, philanthropic sector. In Sweden, again, a very, very um, long history of um, family foundations and philanthropy, uh, more of an emerging philanthropy sector. And the Swedes, we found in talking to certainly a couple of the big foundations we met with, like the H&M Foundation and the Axe Foundation, the very wealthy families that set up these private families um, using their own wealth, um, sometimes that wealth more often than not derived from their family business, but the foundation and the family businesses are quite separate. Those people really um, take a quite a... Um, I, I guess a low-key approach from a public perception. They really are living in a country that it's a very egalitarian one and they're not keen to be seen as tall poppies. Uh, so they tend to um, not seek publicity for their philanthropy and in that way aren't offering perhaps the role models that we might see uh, usefully in Australia or we see in, in the US. It seems to be a more private and humble version of um, philanthropy, right down to the fact that we noted these family foundations uh, that have been started by families who have their own private business uh, have usually, or in fact all the ones we looked at, have named the foundations after the business. So it's the H&M Foundation, um, it's uh, the Axe Foundation, it's the Bosch Foundation, the Siemens Foundation in Germany, not the foundations aren't named after the family. They don't take the family name in the way that we see in the US and I think increasingly in Australia. Is that a good thing? Um, I think there's probably two sides uh, to that. I think, uh, I think we uh, in Australia think that having good strong role models in philanthropy is important and I, I certainly think it is. Um, but I can understand in perhaps these different nations with a different history and different approaches um, that perhaps um, more anonymity is, is desired and, and desirable from them. I think the, um, the Polish situation is a very different and, and interesting one from um, an historical perspective um, post um, 
and post-communism that started in the 19, late 1940s onwards, the state just came in and literally dismantled um, philanthropy in the philanthropic sector. They just swooped up all, or scooped up, should I say, all the, um, the funds from the various family-owned charitable foundations and just deployed them in a way that the state wished to do. And so the whole philanthropy sector and the very, very long history of philanthropy in Poland was decimated. And post the transformation, which was in 1989, a very, very interesting process in philanthropy is going on in Poland, uh, largely, I guess, led by the, um, the Academy for the Development of Philanthropy in Poland, which is a little bit akin to uh, Philanthropy Australia in mm -hmm. terms of being a peak body. What they're doing really is trying to rebuild uh, philanthropy in Poland, which is absolutely no easy task. Mm. Because I think um, Theresa and I came away reflecting on the fact that how valuable these foundations are, these multi-generational foundations. And if you just think of the Australian situation, I mean, imagine if um, if the Maya Foundation and the Felton Bequest no longer existed, if you know, the state came in and removed those funds, I mean, they're it would be, those entities are irreplaceable. Uh, so we we've noticed um, in meeting with people in Poland in the philanthropy sector a real eagerness to rebuild their system, but it's quite um, quite a methodical but slow process. Is that process? a largely secular one, because obviously there's a very strong Catholic tradition in, in Poland. Is there any religious element attached we, to it? We didn't get any sense of that. I can't mm. really say one way or the other, but we certainly got no sense of a religious um, uh, role. Um, it was certainly very much talked about uh, philanthropy in a secular setting. Um, I think what they're doing there is really looking to some interesting players in the philanthropy sector and some different players than perhaps we see here in Australia. So in this rebuilding process, they're, they're doing several things in Poland. The first is that I think very smartly, uh, Polish people have understood that in the post-transformation, uh, local government is very strong and important in Poland. Um, government is no longer centralised there in quite the same way it uh, was um, prior to the transformation. And so, Community foundations have been developed in the regional areas, and these community foundations have good relationships with the not-for-profits in their region um, and really provide um, quite a strong um, outcomes in terms of impact and um, as a funding model. So that's, that seems to be a very different way that Polish philanthropy has developed, and we understand that the Polish philanthropy has one of the um, the most uh, vibrant uh, community foundation um, sectors in uh, the world. And the other thing they're doing quite interesting is really recognising that it's hard to raise a lot of funds from the community and looking to corporations, both national and international corporations, to really show their generosity and to show some leadership in philanthropy, which seems to be uh, working. It's still relatively early. Uh, days. So co the corporate seem to have more of a role in philanthropy than we would see as in true philanthropy, mm. not sponsorship, mm. than we perhaps are familiar with in Australia. And uh, I think the, the third thing that they're doing is just trying to um, build general leadership and interestingly looking to um, uh, celebrities 
So sports stars, movie stars, um, artists, other you know, famous people in Poland to actually stand up and talk about their philanthropy and get involved in their philanthropy as a way of inspiring the general community and making philanthropy seem important and, I guess, cool. So that's quite a difference to what you saw in Sweden, for example, in terms of that very low key, almost lack of acknowledgement of the philanthropic activity, through, especially through the, the corporate named foundations. Do you actually see any, you alluded to it earlier about the lessons for Australia. Is there anything in what you saw there that you think Australia could borrow or take on board in some sense and maybe transform into a local version of what you saw? I think the major learning that we noted from particularly uh, Germany and uh, Sweden and an interesting and useful learning, I think, for Australia is just how outwardly focused these philanthropists in those two countries are. They're very much focused on big global issues and issues that cross all borders and affect all people. So here I'm referring to sustainability, uh, climate change, environment, um, and the issue of um, displaced people and uh, migration and refugees. So these are, are massive problems that the sophisticated philanthropists in Germany and uh, Sweden that we, when we met with the representatives of their family foundations, certainly seem to be understanding and understanding the need to be, give beyond their country borders. That's partly a result of the geography of the continent of Europe itself. You know, countries are jammed up against each other. The borders can be porous. There are strong sense of national identities that are built into all of that. Australia is clearly geographically significantly different. Does that geography make it some of these considerations or some of the focus of their philanthropic activity different? Yeah, look, I, I think geography does play a role, um, if only because, as you've have described, Europe's a very um, densely populated um, piece of land with lots of countries squeezed in there and lots of borders. And the philanthropists are very aware of, as I said before, that issues, global issues know no borders and will cross all borders. So I think we are more isolated in uh, Australia from some of these global issues or perhaps feeling on a daily basis, the impact of the, uh, the global issues. But I, I think we also felt very strongly that there was an attitudinal driver here as well, that these people that have set up their family foundations, such as the H&M Foundation um, or the Axe Foundation in, um, and BMW Foundation, uh, they are very aware, they're smart business people and they're very aware of these massive um, social and environmental issues that are facing our world and seem very keen to take up what they see as a, an appropriate leadership role as philanthropists on that global stage, to be actors on that global stage, to make what contribution they can towards um, you know, a, better, a better world for everybody. So while you were away and seeing all of this, was there any one thing that you thought to yourself I wish we could do that in Australia. Uh, I think I think the key thing would be that um, that looking at global issues, uh, looking at um, and and playing for the long term, 
really looking at um, setting ourselves big challenges um, and working towards those and, uh, and, and indeed big issues like that need organisations to work together and to be well networked. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing and also um, Theresa and I came back with a really enhanced appreciation of the absolute value we have here in Australia and um, very much in, in Melbourne of um, the legacy that we've been given with these fabulous um, charitable foundations that were set up you know, decades and decades ago and just um, how they must be treasured and um, how that they would be impossible to replace. And I guess we, we see that very much in looking at the Polish situation. So we, we felt very lucky to be in a country that, um, that has such wonderful foundations. Robin Charwood, thank you very much. Thank you very much, Nick.